Good morning, everybody. There may be future preachers who have gone out there. There may be a future preacher in here. I was impressed with the way that Justin did. <laughs> but maybe God's speaking to you about becoming a preacher. Maybe you'd like some help with that. After the sermon, you can decide if I'm the one to do that or not. We continue in our series of sermons looking at the Lord's Prayer. There are two accounts in the New Testament. We'll begin this time with Luke's account in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And later we'll have a look at Matthew's account in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. But first Luke 11, which I'll read part of in a moment. Now to be honest, I struggled writing this sermon not for theological reasons, but because there was a fly buzzing around my head. It annoyed me and it distracted me. So do you know what I did? I tried to spot it and failed, so I turned to Google. And I googled, how do you swat a fly? And it listed the following six things. First, spot your fly. I'd already done that. Second, consider your surroundings. Had a good look around. Third, track the fly. Fourth, plan your strike. Better get to five, swat the fly. And finally, clean up. They were the six points, and to be honest, I was a bit disappointed on point five. Swat the fly, because that's what I wanted to know how to do. Not a lot of detail. I was none the wiser, and the fly lived on to annoy me. No Google for the disciples, of course. And I'm not sure what Jesus would have said if they'd asked him, how do you swat a fly? Creator swishes creation. I know. Anyway, theological conundrum. But they did have a question. How to pray. They asked how to pray. And Jesus gave a great answer. Jesus gave a clear and detailed answer. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. The question I have is why the disciples asked Jesus how to pray. They had been surrounded by a praying community all of their lives. From birth they had heard a thousand, thousand prayers and they had almost certainly prayed themselves from children all the way up. For years and years and years they had prayed, they had listened to praise, they had heard rabbis praise and experts in prayer pray. And yet, they say, teach us how to pray. Perhaps verse 1 of Luke 11 gives us a clue. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. 
I'm thinking there was something about the way that Jesus prayed that made the disciples feel dissatisfied with the way they had been praying. There was something special about the prayers of Jesus. And certainly, the prayers of Jesus were different. In fact, as our pastor Ian has recently reminded us and taught us, Jesus was unique in addressing Almighty God as Abba, Father, Dad. Such intimacy, such personal closeness was unheard of. Lord, teach us to pray. Let's have a little listen to Jesus at prayer, the one who wants to teach us how to pray. In Matthew 26, in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before Jesus was to be crucified, he prayed, Dad, if it's possible, take this cup away from me. Such honesty. In Luke 23, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, Dad, into your hands I commit my spirit. Such faith and trust. The more you and I understand that prayer is a conversation with our Heavenly Father, the more honest and trusting our prayers will become. No matter what your age, whatever you do, how long you've been or how short you've been a Christian, when you pray, you pray as a child to your Father God, your Heavenly Dad, who loves you very much indeed. Now let's turn to the other account. What chapter of Matthew's Gospel is that? Someone tell me. Matthew chapter 6. This is part of what we call the Sermon on the Mount, teaching of Jesus. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 5 in just a moment. <clears throat> this is a wonderful little podcast by Jesus on how to pray. And begins, first of all, with how not to pray. Always a good idea what not to do before looking at what to do. Chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by other people. Prayer is not to be primarily about ourselves, but about our God. Prayer is not to be about promoting ourselves, but promoting God's honour and kingdom. Verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, not my will, but your, God, your will be done. All prayer is in the name of Jesus. Whether we actually say that phrase or not, and sometimes you might pray at the end and say, in the name of Jesus, but whether you say it or not, in actual fact, all prayer is in the name of Jesus. No prayer reaches the Father but through Jesus Christ who makes it possible. And to pray in the name of Jesus is to pray for God's will to be done, not ours. 
To pray in the name of Jesus is for God's name to be glorified, not ourselves glorified. To pray in the name of Jesus is for the kingdom of God to come, not to extend our kingdom. And later in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus will say, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things, the necessities of life, will be given to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come. I'm going to focus now on Matthew 6, verse 11. We've reached this point as we go through this wonderful prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Is it not the most natural thing in the world for a child to ask their mum or dad for something to eat? Jesus encourages us to do the same. Ask your father for something to eat. Your daily bread. And we may ask with confidence... Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 7, verse 9. Matthew 7, verse 9. Which of you, Jesus said, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Father, give us this day our daily bread. <coughs> now I confess it's tempting for me at this point to start spiritualising these words and talk about Jesus who is the bread of life, who feeds those who put their faith in him, who feeds us spiritually with spiritual bread and nourishment and strength and all that is true. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. To misquote Mrs May, bread means bread. Now I don't know what angels eat <clears throat> or what they need to uh, live. They're spiritual beings. They don't have physical bodies and I'm pretty sure they don't eat bread. Angel cake possibly, but not bread. <laughs> but God made humans with bodies, physical bodies, which have physical needs and God cares about us everything about us and in the Middle East then in Jesus day as today bread was the staple food of life it was essential for life and I imagine that if Jesus had been born in China he would have said say to your father give us this day our daily rice it was the staple it was essential for life or if he'd been born in North Alaska give us our daily fish or blubber. Doesn't have quite the same ring to it, but you get the point. But though bread may mean bread, does mean bread, it may well mean that which is vital for life, that which we need. Not the luxuries of life, I'm sure of that, but those things that are vital for life, the life that God has given us. Now, scientists tell us that there are, in fact, just Five things that we humans need to live. What do you think they might be? Five things that are vital for life without which we die. Any suggestions? 
Wi-Fi. <laughs> Correct. If you're under 30, yes, you would die without Wi-Fi. No one under 30 lives in Wales, anyway. Uh, no, not Wi-Fi. Water. Air. Air, yeah, air, actually. Oxygen won't do it. Sleep. Correct. Shelter. Ooh. We had air, water, shelter, and sleep. It's true about sleep. You must sleep. Eventually, you will die if you can be kept awake. Uh, food. Food. That's it. Air, water, food, shelter, which has to do with warmth and protection, and sleep. Now, of course, our Father God is a generous God. He's not about the minimum in life. Is about abundant life. And there are many other things that God wants us to enjoy uh, and are important. Good relationships, worthwhile work, rest, play, laughter, and of course, Toblerone. <laughs> Which just happens to be a favourite of Ian and myself. I just mention it. The disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, Talk to God as your heavenly Father who loves you, cares for you, and gives good gifts to you. Always seek first God's kingdom and God's glory and God's honour. Don't be afraid. As you talk to your dad, be honest and trust him. Talk to Father God about your life, especially the important things, the essential things that you need. And pray with confidence. Your Heavenly Father is a good, good and gracious dad. Now when I was uh, a young boy, I went camping with the cubs. Before going, I saw something that I needed. It was very important. It, I definitely needed it. It was a knife in a shop window with an eight-inch blade. Serrated edge bone handle, leather sheath. Oh, I used to look at that knife. I needed that knife, mostly because me and my friends used to play a game called splits. Anyone ever play that game or remember that game? You walk with a limp as well. Thank you. <laughs> you two boys, generally boys, girls are far more sensible, stand in front of each other with their knives and you throw it in the floor quite close to the person's foot and they have to go to where it is, and then they do it to you, and then you throw it the other side, and eventually you see who gets to do the splits first. They don't play that game in the Cubs anymore. <laughs> no one has any fun anymore. They all have ten toes, but they don't have fun. Well, I couldn't afford it, but it was obviously, as you can understand, essential for me, so I asked my dad to buy it for me, and do you know what he said? He said, no. <laughs> when we ask God, let's not forget that Father God knows what's best for us, what we truly need. He's a good, good, generous dad, and he's a wise one as well. We aren't always so wise. Asking God for our daily bread, the things we truly need, reminds us that we are dependent upon God for life. We may pick up our bread with our hands, but Jesus reminds us that ultimately it comes from the hand 
of God. As the old harvest hymn puts it, all good gifts around us are sent from All good gifts around us are sent from heaven above. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, the shelter and sleep that we have come from God. He is the creator and sustainer of all things. He is the one who gave you life and sustains your life. Now, give us this day our daily bread. It's not, of course, meant to be an encouragement or an excuse for laziness. (laughs) Give us my bread. Jesus fully understands that bread comes from wheat, and wheat has to be sown, tended, and harvested, and then ground by the women for three hours every day before they got their daily bread. Proverbs says the one who tills the land is the one who will live off the land. But asking God for our daily bread reminds us that the whole earth belongs to the Lord. Every plant and living creature belongs to the Lord. He gives the sun, he gives the rain, he gives the season, he gives the harvest, he gives the air that you and I are breathing right now. Life is a gift from God. And some Christians like to say thank you to God at mealtimes, don't they? Especially at mealtimes. And what do we call that type of prayer at mealtimes? It has a special name beginning with the letter G. It's grace. We don't deserve it. It's a gift from God. And we call it grace. Thank you, Lord. All good gifts around us come from heaven above. (laughs) Who can remember the second line or the next line in the song? All good gifts around us are sent from heaven above, so... Thank the Lord. Let's take a moment and do that now. A moment's quiet in your own heart. What are you going to say thank you to your Father God for this morning? A moment's quiet, then we'll continue. All good gifts around us are sent from heaven above. So thank the Lord, thank the Lord for all his love. Give us this day our daily bread. But what about those who don't have any daily bread or weekly bread? Perhaps our Christian brothers and sisters who pray give us this day our daily bread and there is no bread. Maybe they are starving. Well, Jesus says we are to ask for our daily bread, not other people's daily bread. We are to ask for our daily bread, not someone else's daily bread. He doesn't tell us to take bread from someone else. That which belongs to someone else. Maybe even belongs to another nation. 
The God-given earth, coupled with our God-given brains, can feed everyone in this world. No child need go to bed with a rumbly tummy. But if some take more than their fair share, others may go without. God who gives the earth has given us the responsibility of sharing out the resources fairly. So give us this day our daily bread is a call to thankfulness. But when there is hunger, it's also a call to anger and a call to seek work and pray for justice that those who don't have have their share of the daily bread. God is generous and just and he wants everyone to have their daily bread. He wants everyone in this world to be able to breathe clean, unpolluted air. He wants everyone to have fresh water to drink to live in safe and secure shelters and homes without fear of burglars coming through the door or bombs through the roof. Our Father God wants everyone to sleep in peace without fear or abuse in the night. So Jesus tells us to pray, your kingdom come on earth. And it has to come because there's another kingdom already here. It's the dark kingdom of Satan. And the prince of this world rejoices in hungry people and suffering and thirsty people. And so we pray for God's kingdom to come on earth and we pray for God's kingdom to grow within us. Because too often we rule our own lives and we enthrone sinful and selfish deeds and greed, which spreads around us and around the world. But when the kingdom of God comes, it comes in power to destroy the works of Satan, the evil one, to dispel all darkness and fear. And the kingdom of God comes to bring light and love and bread for all, blessings for all, life for all. And the Bible gives us many wonderful pictures of what life is like in the kingdom of God. Life lived in the kingdom of God. Life lived under the rule of King Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Life lived in the light and love of a good, gracious and generous Father God. And the Bible tells us that everyone will sit under their own fig tree. What a lovely picture. No one will be hungry. Pray your kingdom come and support the Easter team as it seeks to fairly distribute food in this area. In the kingdom of God, streams of water flow to the nations. No one will be thirsty. Pray your kingdom come. Support Alan and Graham and others who seek to bring fresh water to those in Africa without. In the kingdom of God, spears will be turned into pruning forks. There will be no war. Pray your kingdom come and you be a peacemaker wherever you are. In your marriage, 
in your family, your neighbours, your colleagues, in the church. Pray your kingdom come. Be a peacemaker. In the kingdom of God, everyone will sit under their own fig tree. There'll be no hunger. Streams of water will flow to the nations. There'll be no one thirsty. Spears will be turned into pruning forks. There'll be no war. In the kingdom of God, children live and play without fear. Pray for our children's, young people's and family ministry work as they surround the children and families with the love of God that drives out all fear. In the kingdom of God, no one is lonely. Pray for Spot, our senior ministry, seniors ministry, as they reach out with the hand of friendship and love to everyone and welcome all. Lord, teach us to pray. I'll close by reading Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen.